to get the the board. All right, I'm going to get this wrong, so you're going to have to... Oh, oh, it's all over the place. I put it down. Sorry. You have got the longest name. <laughs> I think it goes all the way across the bottom. And I need to zoom out to get that in. Um, so how, how would... Right. I've, no, that's not even the right way, is it? Does that look about right? Yeah, and it looks perfect. Now I'm going to go with the English pronunciation, which is going to be really bad, and that'll be Asgir, but clearly it isn't because it's Icelandic. <laughs> and I would say Gunnarsson, but that might be. So how would you pronounce? What's the proper way of saying it? Ausgir. Ausgir. Yeah. So let's say uh, the uh, it's a rolling R in the end, and and Au is the first letter. Oh. But it was actually very good what he did there. But the Gunnarsson is the right one. You did that one wrong. Yeah, I think that that's that's easier for the um, well. I mean, I, I'm terrible with with languages and accents, so that's easier from my point of view. And obviously, we have the clapperboard. There we go. Now, what people? I'm going to let you into a secret. What people don't notice is I I, I put your name at the top, mm-hmm. um, but I also changed the name of the director. Okay. So for those who are kind of like really into it, they'll you know they can go back and 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 look oh, at sort of how I've changed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are there are great subliminal messages all the way through. Um, <laughs> subliminal messages all the way through. So how have you been? I haven't seen you for yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. It would it would be a, a sequel bits or a single Saturday. SQL bits probably, or uh, or a SQL Saturday it might be as well. So I'm I'm good. I'm very good. Um, I'm just at home in Iceland, and there's uh, there's not a lot of places. I've actually been on a plane once in the last month, um, which was interesting. So, um, but otherwise than that, you're just you know, just working from home and uh, doing the same as everyone else. You know, to looking nice for my family and myself. So how, where did you go? You so you? Ma- I went to Denmark. So they uh, they opened the border in Denmark. They opened the border to uh, Germany, uh, Iceland, and Norway. Uh, so we can we can go there now uh, if we want. Um, f- some from odd reason they you have to stay for at least six nights. Uh, but and you have to document that you can stay that you're gonna stay for uh, six nights, and and then you can come in and, and as a tourist. Um, so with our family, we are uh, we are moving to Denmark, and so we we were gonna be moving to Denmark before that. And then the coronavirus or COVID happened, so I went to look at houses. That's what I, I went to the first plane that was allowed into Denmark from Iceland. So you're a big adventure. Not only, um, you know, you've got a new member in your family. You were telling me before, you've got a two-week-old. Yeah, two weeks old. Have, she's 15 days today. Have we got to be? Have we got to be quiet? She's asleep. It's okay. She's in another room. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're moving to Denmark. Is that a uh, is that a, a work move or is that just a kind of change? Well, my, my wife is Danish, so um, we are moving to be closer to her family now. Especially now that we have our, our third child, our, our small baby. Uh, I do uh, travel a bit, so it's going to be nicer for her to be closer to family. Um, and also a little bit work related as well. It's easier for me to get to places from Denmark uh, right. rather than Iceland. Iceland is a, you know, it can be a bit expensive to go anywhere from Iceland. So that, I mean, I know very little. I mean, we. I mean, I'm not going to draw attention to your top. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, people can put in the um, uh, see who's on. We've got someone on Facebook watching. That's probably my mum. Oh, no, another one just joined on Facebook. Can't see anyone on YouTube yet. But um, but if anyone wants to know why you're wearing a Liverpool top, we'll let people ask on Facebook because they can ask questions. And we can can see stuff pop up. Um, Actually, I haven't got my phone ready. So to say if... um, Yeah, I got the little alert to say that we are live. so right so i know very little about iceland apart from the stereotypical stuff of a it's very expensive because Mm -hmm. stuff has to be shipped there because you know stuff doesn't a lot of stuff doesn't grow in iceland um you've got lots of volcanoes 
Um, and you've got an amazing football team because <laughs> they they must be because they beat the English team. Yeah. A part well, so um, the, the story was it was a part time football team in Iceland, uh, uh, full of part time players that beat the English team. So, and I yeah. think you were saying it's not quite true. No, but... so it was probably say no, eighty percent of them were a full time professional playing abroad. You know, but a lot of them were playing in playing in Scandinavia and in smaller uh, leagues. Uh, so there are you know one in the Premier League and. Uh, you know, couple in the uh, Italian uh, Serie A, uh, but most of them are in, you know, smaller divisions or playing in Iceland. And those who are playing in Iceland, but many of them are part-time uh, players, so, are part-time yeah, football players. I haven't, the, asked, I haven't asked you what you're drinking. I'm, it's the well, whole point of the show is... I'm drinking tea. Uh, I don't drink coffee, so uh, I'm, I'm drinking tea. I'm just looking at the... Oh, that's a Douglas Adams type. That's mug. That's from uh, Sequel Saturday Cambridge. Um, there was a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy theme in 2017, perhaps. Oh, I must have missed that one. Unless that was a speaker gift and I went to it and I wasn't speaking, so I didn't get anything. Yeah. It was a speaker gift. So, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, I should should have had words with Mark to, to make sure he's, that I got something. Yeah. He's, he's, he he's only 60 miles away from here. I mean, now that I could, I can legitimately drive. I could go over. I can. Oh, I can't socialize. No, sorry. I can't. I can't you go over and shout outside of the house. Shout <laughs> the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that would be fun. Um, just, just for the pure heck of it. Why didn't I get a mug? And then drive all the way back. That'd be well <laughs> worth a two-hour round trip. <laughs> Are you got water? Um, I've just got some squash in my. Um, mm-hmm. Then it can't really see that. It's a sequel century. Um, yeah, I can see that. Um, and la- nice. the the other night I had Kevin on. So this is also um, this is a previous name for sequel century. Sequel. They're century one now, aren't they? Yeah, that is true. They're century one. So uh, tell tell me about the um, the virus and how, how it's been affecting you in Iceland. Well, it, it of course came to Iceland as every other country. Um, uh, Iceland decided to, um, the approach the Icelanders did was to uh, close down the borders mostly, didn't close them completely down, but mostly, and, and control access, of course. And then uh, just test everyone who wanted to be tested. And, you know, so they, they both did a, uh, both did a just test everyone who, you know, asked for to be tested. And then they also uh, randomly asked people to come to test so they could figure out what kind of, you know, how much you know, you know, infection was in the society. And then they had a big team of, uh, of you know, health officials and police uh, do content tracing. So if you got infected, they tried to trace every, you know, move you made. And then they actually managed to fairly quickly get a, you know, control over it. Um, but of course, it still lasted for a, for a while. But now we have, uh, we haven't had a, um, anyone tested positive, you know, within the borders. You know, so we have had people come because we have opened the borders now. We've had a couple of people come from abroad and then infected a few people. But we haven't had a like a you know internal you know, infection for uh, for a few weeks now. Um, yeah, so it's been actually it's. Going through, and I like it. You know, I like the approach they did. They just like all this contact tracing, and just making sure that you know they quarantine you know a lot of people, and they you know the infection rate got under one very very fast. Um, so so it's actually been, and we never had really a complete lockdown here in Iceland. So you could you could always go out, every whole way you know whole whole way through this. But uh, there were uh, there were the two meter rule, and you know the, all these you know of course wash hands, and the stores had a you know, grocery stores and other, you know, so we closed down, you know, barber shops and uh, small stores, but, you know, grocery stores and stuff like that was open and then you just had to follow the guidelines. And that was maybe for a month, the uh, the smaller stores were closed and then they could open up again. Um, so all in all, you know, compared to everyone else, but we still have had 10 deaths in Iceland. Um, so it's not, it wasn't perfect, um, but, you know, it's probably better than many other countries. But we are also we are a very small country, so it's 
it's easier in a way to do it like this because, uh, but of course, you know, we have fewer resources. But so in theory, you know, even though you're smaller, you shouldn't shouldn't be better at it. Yeah. Um, you, you could just, you know, the bigger nation has more equipment than and then a bigger, you know, bigger budget. So yeah, it's it's been going pretty good. It, it from the stuff that I've, I've I've read and looked at, it seems to be how quickly you started the. The, the locking down and the contact tracing that seems to yeah. make the harder you were and you sorted it out in the beginning, then kind of it was, it's easier to control it. Then if you yeah. then let it get out of control, um, then it's an incredibly hard to, to stop yeah. it because so many people have got it. Um, yeah. It's really hard to reel it back in, you know, when you, when it's out there because, you know, each person is so easily in fact, so many, so it's the, the exponential, you know, uh, yeah. you know, uh, impact, which is so hard to, you know, get back when many people have it. Yeah, we started really early, uh, and they, you know, they um, they started testing, and you know, of course, it's free to get tested, and everyone could get tested from the start. You know, you just ask for it, and you could get tested. They, uh, there is a, uh, a genealogical company here in Iceland that's, you know, uh, doing a lot of research in the in the uh, gene area. And they uh, they offered their facilities to also do testing, so they could actually do thousands of tests a day, uh, while the state could only do something like 500. So they managed, so they managed to get you know uh, a lot of people through it, you know, uh, by doing that. Uh, and so now, now, for example, also if you uh, if you come to Iceland now, you get tested by the border. Everyone gets mm -hmm. tested. Uh, unless you want to, you, you can opt in for a uh, two weeks uh, quarantine, <laughs> uh, but, but nobody does that. You know, it, it costs uh, something eighty pounds or something to be tested uh, at the border, uh, and then you get the answer in the, at the same day, or if you come late, you know, you get it the next morning. Um, so, um, so we, we sort of try to do it properly, um, but again, because it's you know, it's not a lot of people, and it, it's you know, it, it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, but you can see kind of the model that you've got and then see how that works in other places. So kind yeah. of smaller airports in the UK could probably do very something very, very similar because they're not dealing with thousands of people every hour. Um, yeah. You know, it would be a whole different kettle of fish yeah. if you did it in Heathrow, but... I think you've but got Heathrow a... is a huge airport. In theory, you're supposed to be able to do it there as well. You just, you know, you would have just many more places where you would do it, but you would need a lot of staff, and you know, yes, you know, you would need a lot of uh, testing equipment and all that, you know. So it, it, it gets harder, um, but it, it definitely can be done. But I think the main thing is so the the, the tracing at the airports that they're doing now has uh, hasn't really, you know. It hasn't caught a lot of people uh, because people are generally not traveling and those who are traveling are so we're getting something like 2,000 people a day to Iceland and, and they, so those are you know, people don't travel when they're sick you know there's nobody trying to so there's been like two or three people that have actually had uh, COVID at the airport you know when they mentioned them at the airport um, and both of them were were people living here that you know had you know but you know had been abroad and locked it up in you know uh, you know, ended up being abroad and couldn't come home for a while, and then they came home and then they, they had it. Um, so, so it, it's not necessarily maybe necessary to do that, but you know, the if people get sick, test them really quickly and contact trace them. That seems to be the one that works best. Uh, yeah. If you, but again, you know, it, it's it's hard to, like in your country to start, you know, stopping the you know the flood. <laughs> well, I mean, they stopped, you know, all the people people coming in, um, but. Yeah, there weren't significant amounts of tests and no. um you know they weren't and you know i think we did we did things pretty late and um, i listened to some stat shows and there's you know we, we should have been responding to the infection rates much much sooner and locking yeah. down earlier and we weren't looking at the right data and yeah. therefore it just got out of hand um and I think you were also one of the countries that was uh, considering herd immunity, but yeah. then didn't, you know, so <laughs> then you know, like a couple of weeks already gone. And that's just, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of time in this. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. I know none of us is epidemiologists, so we, we don't really know. You know, we, we're just guessing, you know, what is best. There are experts out there that know. Yeah. And I, I think that people, we're also in for the long term. I think that this is, this isn't something that is going to change soon. This is going to stay. Um, and yeah. it's gonna um i mean as as you probably know no i mean you travel or used to travel a lot for work um mm -hmm. that 
just isn't happening. And, and people are just going, well, we can do it all remotely. So, I mean, how is it affecting kind of your work and... Yeah, so, so uh, yeah, uh, it is affecting me in that way. So it, I'm doing just, just remote work at the moment. So I have one client that I go to once in a while now. Uh, but then, they, you know, they, they uh, so they're going on summer holidays. So I'm not going there now. Um, but I had also one client that was, you know, you have to be on site every time. And, you know, because that's just how we have to work. And but then all of a sudden they realized that, they you know, no, you don't have to. And they managed actually to get everyone home. Um, so, yeah, I think companies are learning it. And I'm working just, you know, remotely now. Before this, I was probably working at least half my time remotely anyway. Um, but now I'm just 100% remotely. Um, it is, it is, it is you know, nice. I love the commute. You know, it's, uh, it's really nice. <laughs> just going, you know, standing up and sitting down again. Um, so that's that's pretty good. Uh, but I, I do, I do miss it a little bit. You know, going and meeting people. I must admit that. Yeah, I, I think there's something that kind of I miss, and I do when I do calls with people, I'll have the video on, even if they don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it sort of it keeps me sort of honest I mean I don't know I mean it's not that something I would do clearly but you know I wouldn't be on a call and then be looking at my phone you know going oh, okay or kind yeah. of uh, somebody <laughs> I think I've done it once before but I was on a call the other day and someone was sharing this and I've seen it a few times someone shares their screen yeah. and then you're talking to them and they're showing you something and then suddenly they then switch to email and then they're doing something else. <laughs> and, yeah. And you go, mm, <laughs> or start browsing something that's, you know, I was the other day where it was a few people on the call and then the person sharing it completely forgot they're sharing. It was like 10 minutes ago. And then they started browsing some web pages. Yeah. <laughs> Not perfect, but you know, it, it happens, you know. Yeah. Maybe it was boring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well you sort of see it and you sort of go um one of the guys i did send a message to kind of you're still sharing your screen um but you know i i normally wouldn't i would just wait and see what happens not because i'm evil but i just it's just entertaining to see whether yeah. they would apologize for it or they'd go oh sorry i didn't realize because most people have got two screens um especially yeah. if they're working from home so yeah they are um and this is something that I try not to do is so I'm looking at you and you're here, but I, but when I'm on my work computer, mm-hmm. I will sometimes whether the, the camera's in the lid of yeah. the, the surface, I'll move them onto the big, a bigger screen. Mm-hmm. And then you're like this. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm looking at, so effectively I'd be doing this and talking to you. Um, <laughs> and it's, I think it's a bit disconcerting. So I try and do that. Um, yeah, yeah. So I have a, I tried also to have a webcam on my main screen, and then I'll try to look at that. You know, it is also yeah, it's polite to do. You, know, you want us to look at people because you want them also to be looking at you, and you know? it just it gives it a little bit extra. I think it's you know also people in general, you know. So like I said, I worked maybe half my time remotely before that, but I think now people are getting much better at working remotely, and they are having cameras on, and they are actually you know trying to make it you know a little social and a little uh, more than simply just a screen share and, and and you know go through the meeting as fast as possible yeah uh, yeah I, I think that um zoom did something clever and I, i've seen people at work do this but um uh but zoom do that that free 40 40 minute and i've seen people um i don't know whether it could just be a german thing because it seems to be just I, I could just be, but they they book meetings for forty five minutes, yeah. and it's just and because you don't yeah. get that thing of the next meeting starts, you know, you finish at eleven, next meeting starts at twelve, and the next meeting starts at one, and then so I quite like that. Yeah, yeah, you get that fifteen minutes to switch context, you know, it's just really nice <laughs> yeah. because you know a lot of. I see a lot of the meetings are in our meeting and then they're meeting on meeting on meeting on it says never a break really you know it's just yeah. uh, what i what i also saw that you know in the beginning i think you know people when they were getting used to working remotely those who they haven't hadn't done it they they always booked you know an hour or half an hour uh, just to maybe check in or you know, because they the companies were telling people you know make sure you check into each other make sure you know everyone is you know 
know what I'm saying? And I'm doing good. And so people started, you know, booking like these long meetings for that. And it was just like they went, you know, with some just chats. Uh, but then they realized, you know, maybe I can just book 15 minutes or 10 minutes or something like that, or maybe just ping them. And, you know, and... Yeah. Um, I sometimes just reach out to kind of people that uh, something happens at work. Oh, oh, I haven't spoken to, to someone in a while. Someone, mm-hmm. someone mentioned power uh, analysis services. So I went, oh, I haven't spoken to this other person in, in a while. I didn't need to ask them a question. I just went, oh, hi, hi, how are you? And um, it's just kind of, it, yeah, I, I think we just need to check in and, and, you know, at least have some social contact. It is too yeah. easy to just, um, working from home meant before you could hunker down and ignore everything and just focus. But mm-hmm. now yeah, it doesn't yet. Yeah you can't really do that anymore because no no this is a, it's equal to the so when you're at the office there's someone will come and you know on your shoulder and ask you to guess and people now do that remotely and they know they can do it you know all the time to everyone um but i think you know also people need to be better at learning how to these programs like teams how they work how you can set your status and you know i think people are slowly learning those things that you know you know i want to be left alone and that's why my status is that you know do not disturb <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's, you know, people are learning it, although they are not really. You know, not everyone is uh, is going uh, uh, respecting it. Yeah, you get the email and you look at it, and you get the little pop up, and you go, right, okay, I'll deal with that later. And then you get a message on Teams three seconds later yeah. saying, "Have you read my email?" <laughs> yeah, I'll deal with you in a minute. Yeah, yeah, because you know, you're breaking into my focus time. Yeah. I wanted to let's I haven't asked you any stupid questions. I didn't even check in to see whether you had a hard finish. No, I don't. I okay, don't. all right. So I won't we won't drag stuff on too long. We'll we'll finish sort of a bit round eight and then We when we were in in the pre show bit with you you told me that you were a fisherman because we were yes. I mentioned that Christina was talking about boats. But mm-hmm. you you were a fisherman on a on a shipping boat on a fishing boat a proper yes that i mean that's kind of and i can only think of like jaws or trawlers or or kind of um (laughs) uh, really big things tankers so tell me what kind of boat that was and what that was like yeah so uh, i come from a fishing village up north in iceland where it's a thousand people live there and you know most people work uh, on on boats or ships you know and uh, when I was 18, uh, I was in secondary school, and then the teachers uh, had a strike, and they had a strike for uh, three or four months. And my dad was a, uh, you know, engineer or a, you know, engineer on a ship, so he uh, he uh, managed to get me a, a space on the ship he was on. It was a, a shrimp trawler, um, so the ship is something like 40 meters or something like that long. If you have you know, any, you know. Uh, and it, we were 13 in crew or 14 in crew, and uh, we were out at sea for three weeks at a time, uh, fishing shrimp, freezing it down uh, in, 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 on the board. And then we came to, uh, to harbor, took it off. We had a four days leave and then back out again. Uh, so I, was, I did that for a few years. And then I did a couple of other types of uh, fishing as well. Um, and I did. I was. I was six years. I was. I was a fisherman. Um, it was a lot of fun. It is. It's interesting, you know, because uh, it was a those 13, 14 people. They become like a small family and become a small community. And and we. I had. A, I was lucky that the crew was really good. Uh, we were a lot of young people, and you know, we had a lot of fun. And then when you're at, you know, in harbor every day is a weekend, you know, so you had a, you had a lot of fun as well. And our young people, and uh, yeah, so it was. It was paid well as well. So it was a. It was it was fun fun time. So um, do, do you do that kind of uh, what a week or four days on shore, three days away, and you just do that constantly? So you're, or do you have yeah, like so breaks? Well, you know, so it was three weeks out and then four days at home, and then you know you did that maybe three times, and then you had you know took a four weeks break. You know. Oh, okay, all right. And so it was up to you to do it, but it, so t- today, if you if you would be uh, you know, on on those trawls today, you would be forced. To have a break, you know, and back then there was no nothing like that, you know. Now they they normally go two months out, yeah, two months, uh, you know, two uh, two trips, and then one trip off. 
Yeah, but back then I sometimes did like one or two trips a year off, you know. Otherwise, I was just you know, uh, out fishing. It was uh, it was exhausting, but it was it was it was a lot of fun, you know. I can imagine, but so what was it like? I mean, did you do shifts on the boat like you would if you were sailing, like three, four hours or eight hours on and then eight hours off? Or was it just everyone, as soon as you get to the shrimping area, everybody is hands on? No, it was a six hour shift. So it's like uh, you did uh, morning and evenings or day and night. And then you did six hour shift and then, you know, you had six hours off and, and then you. You know, if you had, for example, if you had morning and evening, you woke up at, you know, you had to be at work at you know, 6.30. So you were woken at 6. And then you would, you know, eat breakfast, go to work. And then at, you know, 12.30, you were off. And there was, you know, lunch. And then to, you know, to sleep. And then you woke up for dinner. You know, some people hate that, you know, to wake up, uh, you know. So it was like maybe a steak for dinner and you were just like waking after uh, maybe four or five hours sleep. So it was a rhythm you need to get, you know, heavy. Some people, some people liked it, some people hated it. You know, I really liked those six-hour shifts. I was fine, you know, doing four hours and four hours. Well, some people need to do their eight hours or seven or something in, in a stretch. Um, yeah, so it was uh, it was those uh, six-hour shifts that we did. Um, uh, if we were fishing, so if we were sailing, sometimes we had to sail for a couple of days to get to the area, and then... You do the shifts as well, but it's much more loose because normally you're just fixing the nets or uh, maybe even doing nothing, you know. Okay. But and I did, a, I did a whole season as well, so a, from May to September uh, at Newfoundland as well. So there was a, outside of Newfoundland, there was a you know, shrimping uh, area. We did that as well. That was, a, that was a very interesting. But that took like a whole week to get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, did, so did you... So when you went out there, did you then... Took a week to get there. Did you then... Um, go to shore in Newfoundland. Yeah, so we yeah. then we fished for that. three weeks and went to shore in Newfoundland and then out again and and then we went home in the autumn again. Okay, I can imagine that fishing villages or fishing towns uh, get very used to the fact that the fishermen come home and then there might be a bit of especially the young fishermen there might be a bit of partying. Should we say <laughs> after they've been away for so long? Um, yeah, so, it was it was we weekend every time you know we came in it's like no matter if you came in on a Monday or a Tuesday it was you know it was a it was a weekend in your uh, in your uh, eyes so it was a lot of partying and a lot of fun and and we were like a you know small group of uh, of guys so we uh, we had a we had a lot of fun you know together uh, when we came in even though other people were just doing normal work yeah okay, but okay. but it's very typically if you my my dad was a, like i said an engineer on a ship and he was a his most of almost whole whole his uh, working life he was a, on, on, on a you know on a fisherman or on a ship um, and it is when you are in that you know in a small fishing village you know when you are a family man that is out you know when you come home that's, you know, you're, you know, I was, a you know, because my dad was there. So when you're a kid, your dad comes home and he just, he gets paid when he comes home. And then it's a lot of fun for uh, three, four days, right? <laughs> and then he goes out and then your mom is, you know, is, you know, keeping the fort back home, you know, and, you know, everything is dull again, you know. So it's, uh, it's not, you know, I don't envy uh, the uh, fisherman's wives either, you know, to, you know, taking care of everything at home. And then it's just like, oh, it's fantastic when dad yeah. comes home and he goes and it's just, oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess that, that is the other side of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I can. As a young so, person, it was a lot of fun. So were you from like a like a, your family going back many years? Were they all fishermen? No, no, no. My uh, my my grandparents, they were. So one of my grandfather was a fisherman and the other one was a tax collector. Oh, yes. Yeah. Is that so uh, that... it's not like a, a big uh, fisherman family or anything like that. But oh. my dad started working at sea, yes, you know, when he was fourteen. Uh, so he was, was cook. Started as a cook. That's <laughs> that's a kind of story you get when people are pirates. You know, they <laughs> they get aboard a ship as a cook and then they work their way out. <laughs> yeah, it so, took a, a recipe book from my my grandmother and went. Oh. <laughs> As fourteen-year-old. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, what what would you be eating then on a boat? You know, I guess even back then. I mean, I presume you're going to eat a lot of fish. 
but now you well, take it out with really, you know, because you know everything was bought you know when we, before we came sometimes we because we were shrimp fishing uh, you you have these uh, the the nets have these uh, what do you call it sort of skillets on them so so you, you want to get the fish out you don't want to catch the fish as well yeah so it's like the special uh, you know in in the nets there's a some uh, uh, there's, a, there's a metal uh, railing or some sort of so where you know the shrimp goes through because it's just only like this uh, white but the fish goes and it goes out of the nets okay uh, so so once in a while we put like a bag on there and you know got some fish for to eat but most of it was just bought you know there was you know beef steaks and uh, whatever oh. you know it's just you know just normal uh, normal uh, family food normally so what so why did you change i guess and you know not only why did you change but why did you pick kind of it yeah so i i uh, i was the the end of my fishing career i was on a on a boat that was uh, line fishing and line fishing is uh, is a where you no matter how much fish gets in it's always hard work because you need to uh, you know replace hooks and stuff like that while you know trawling is just if there's fish there's a lot of work if there's no fish there's nothing to do and um, so i was on that and i was getting very tired of it it was just a constant work and not a lot of you know you know money in it and and then one morning i woke up and i was just like now i just have to find something else and there was uh, this uh, leaflet uh, in the uh, entryway of, of where i lived and it said you know there was this uh, sales and marketing education one year sales and marketing education that you know you know and our applications were all you know you can apply now and i decided okay i'm doing that so i applied for that i got in and it started like a month later or something like that um, so I did a one-year sales and marketing education. Um, then when I finished that, I started looking for work. And uh, I had been looking for a week or two or something like that. When they the school called me and said, hey, uh, we noticed that when you were studying here that you know you you were pretty good with computers and uh, that you uh, you were good at helping others. So wanted to offer you a job as a computer teacher. Um, so I just. Oh yeah, that sounds fun. Um, so I did spend two years there as a as a, as a teach, teaching um, office and Windows, just the basic stuff, you know, just you know working with Windows and working with Office. And and during that time, I also I did a evening school where I took uh, my MCSE in Windows, Windows Server 2000. Oh, yeah. so, uh, and I I was actually my plan was to be an administrator, um, but then uh, I. You know, met my wife, and we uh, went to Denmark, and then I went to decided to educate myself further, go to university, and I started as a you know, a computer engineering. And I have always had you know a lot of interest in computers, and so I started computer engineering studies. Did a one year there, but then uh, they came this people that already had the degree and you know like uh, job counselors and stuff like that, and then they came and told us what we could do after the education, and then it was mostly just programming. And I was just like, maybe I'm not, I don't want to just program. And I don't want to just get, you know, requirements and do programming and then work myself up after a few years, maybe to do some architecting or designing or something. So I found an education in the university in, you know, in, in Odense in Denmark, where I lived, which had, it was called, uh, it was like business and IT together. So it was like a normal business degree, but you know, they took all the, uh, uh, all the, uh, courses that you can select yourself and put IT courses instead. And in that uh, in that education, there was one course on data warehousing and BI, and that just completely blew me away. That was just like, this is what I want to do when I did that one. I just, this, uh, um, this in-between person of, you know, the business and the, you know, IT, there was something, you know, where you have all this contact with people, but you're still doing IT. That was something that appealed a lot to me. And uh, I was sat there. I wanted to be in business intelligence. So how, um, it's, it might be a rude question. How old were you? So you'd already done your fishing yeah, no, career. I, I, was, and then... I was 32 when I finished. So I was, it was pretty late, yeah. So because I had been a fisherman and I had been a computer teacher and I've done a lot. So I finished my my uh, my bachelor as, uh, at 32. So, I, you know, I was, I was very late bloomer. <laughs> but, no, I mean, if you don't find what you love until you you know 32 you've at least found what you've loved right that's that's the key isn't it you could you could have gone your whole life just 
being a fisherman or a computer teacher. Yeah, and then I think it all also, you know, I, I, I wasn't, I'm not sure I would have, you know, I would have fallen for it you know, at a younger age because, you know, I needed to do, figure out these things, you know, of course, as you go along. Yeah. So I think it was just good timing for me. Um, well, I, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it is. I mean, you never kind of, I mean, I wouldn't have imagined, oh, maybe I would have. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. No. <laughs> um, I mean, I... I I think it's quite a joke that I, I work in, in SQL when I've done a lot of SQL, that I failed my SQL module at university. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I think that's quite funny. Um, I'm sure other people don't. Um, it was a long time ago. <laughs> and it was yeah, Oracle. Yeah. It was Oracle on, on HPUX. It didn't count. Um, uh, but it, it was also a lot of fun, you know, going to university so late, you know, I had a lot of fun in university and I, you know, I loved learning. I thought it was a lot of fun, you know, and, and a lot of the people I was at university with were like these young people. They, they weren't sure why they were there and maybe, you know, felt like they were a little wasting their time or didn't want to put the effort in. I just like, this is what I want to do. And I just really committed to it. And uh, so there are advantages of going later to university yeah well i, I think it's sort probably the, on, on, on quite a bit of time where you didn't no I, I think that's probably the right way of doing it because you've actually worked out what you want to do rather than yeah. right oh well um yeah, it's right you come out of school and then you've got your freedom you're away from home and you know most i mean most people don't do very well in their first year of university um and Lots of universities don't mark, but in the UK, I don't know what it's like in Ireland or Denmark, but they don't mark the first year because they assume you're just there partying and you're just, you know, you're you're just kind yeah. of wild and settling down. And then the second and third year are the ones where they expect you to do some work. Um, but, you know, th there's also a thing in the UK which is like, well, it doesn't matter what you get your degree in because mm -hmm. people just care you're educated up to degree could be in, and I've worked yeah. in IT with someone who had a, a marine biology degree and other degrees in archaeology. And someone had a doctorate in radio spectrography. Um, okay. And there was another doctor I worked with um, who kind of did their doctorate and then was then doing a support. Uh, just because... Mm. Yeah, you know, they were just they were just doing education because they didn't know what else to do. But you know, but yeah. doing it because I mean, it's what you know. I, I'll pick up a bit of book and I'll learn and I'll learn stuff because I want to, rather than because yeah. I have to. Um, yeah, and it's a little bit the difference, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, yeah. So I, I enjoyed university, and then I was lucky to find something there that I really, really enjoy. Um, and then I just after 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 university, I found a job. You know, I was a it was 2007, so the market was, you know, on on the rise. So even though it was only on the rise for a short time, <laughs> because it crashed after that. Um, I've been working in BI since. So, where do you spend most of your time then in BI? Do you spend it in the data so, warehouse or the Power BI? Well, at the moment, it's mostly in Power BI, um, and that's just because of the market. But it, I'm say if you if I go back. Uh, Two years ago, uh, it was mostly in the in the uh, data warehouse, analysis services, all the backend stuff. But now Power BI is just everywhere, and you know everyone wants wants it, and everyone wants to have it, and they, um, yeah. So I spend a lot of time in that. I do some training as well, but I So I think I I did. I was lucky enough that I started using Power Pivot and Power Query in Excel. And then when Power, P, Power BI came out in 2015, I started working with it straight away. So I've had a little you know, head start on many people in that way. Um, so I've been working with it since it started. Um, and yeah, so I would say, you know, the last couple of years, it's been a lot of Power BI. Yeah. So are you, you're not looking at any of the Synapse stuff? The I, mean, I guess, how does that... Okay, so someone who's actually doing some work with customers and stuff. Um, you, are you you familiar with kind of the, the announcements and have you seen the preview? Yeah, yeah, I have. You know, I've fiddled along with it a little bit, but you know, not a lot. 
So, so I, think, I think, you know, where I'm working, you know, so here, mostly here in Iceland, the Icelandic customers, there, are, there, is a, there has not been any demand for, there was no demand hardly at all for, uh, for SQL data warehouse either. Um, so, so uh, yeah, and this just, you know, not, not a lot of Asia demand either. <laughs> not listening. Sorry. There's always demand. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, so they haven't seen a lot of demand, and I just I have taken a look, of course, and I did I do look at the announcements, but I have not really touched read a lot on it. Um, and you know, the Power BI part is you know is really you know Power BI desktop anyway, so it's not really anything special there. Yeah. What you might see is the serverless bit, so SQL on demand. Um, yeah. maybe something that changes and will change in the future um, mm -hmm. into something that may be a bit more than what it currently is and then it becomes even better. I can see that yeah. making a lot of sense because, well, well, I don't need a data warehouse. I don't have to pay for that to be there. I can just go get yeah. refresh every day off, off the storage and I can join that storage with some other data source, bring it together, do all the... DAX and the M, the R, not the M. Sorry, the but M. for me it's M, right? It's it's, uh, it's, it's M and DAX. Uh, I mean, I I haven't touched Power. Honestly, I haven't touched Power BI for properly for probably oh, over two years. But when I would talk to people, I'd go, "It's really three products. You've got DAX, you've got M." Um, or Power Query, whatever you want to call it, um, and yeah. you've got the visualization stuff, yes. and and there each some of them there's overlap between the DAX and and what I would always get confused is the overlap between the DAX and the M, that yeah. I could do certain things in one but not the other, but if I had I might have to project a column in one to make it appear in the other, and and it, it was kind of it wasn't really I couldn't do the front end bit, but I liked that bit. Um, yeah. Like and I think the most confusing thing is that you can actually do the same thing in multiple bits. And then even in the data model part, so the data modeling part, the power pivot part, you now can do same thing in different views. You know, so you have the model view and then you have the you know table view or the data view. And you can do the same things there, but not quite exactly the same. And then you can add a column in Power Query, but you can also do it in Dark. So people, you know, when you're training people, they get so confused, you know, where should I do it? And it's like well, depends. <laughs> and I just started saying, you know, do it where you're comfortable. You know, just you know, it's, you're not making big enough models that you know it will impact anything anyway. I, <laughs> so I, yeah, it's, it's a, it is, you can clearly see it's you know it's been created by different teams. Yeah, well, it seemed to be. Uh, so I I don't know what it's like now, uh, but I, you certainly got that impression at the very beginning because they were pulling. Um, Power Query and Power Pivot from uh, from basically from from Excel, and then bringing those engines and the well, it's called the Power Platform now. It's not just yeah, and obviously you've yeah. got Power the other thing to automate. It's Power Apps and Power Automate. Yeah, it's is it Power? Yeah, I, I know the name. <laughs> I, I know the name that my company used for products. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so you. Can, <laughs> Automate uh, e even the the M parts, and you go okay, okay, all right. And you sort of go, wait a minute, I can do all my data. I could literally do all my data warehousing just in there, and never touch uh, yeah. a database. Um, yeah, it, technically you can. I wouldn't recommend it, but yes, you can. Yeah. And you know, and one thing I think so. Who the hell named it M? That's the worst name for a language you can find. Try googling M. Yeah. Dax, Dax at least is a is a proper name, you know. The data <sighs> expression language, right? But then M is just, you know, a letter. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, but doesn't does does that go I don't I don't know, because I'd assume that might go back to all the people that did um like C and A. Because there, there was I'm sure there was a B before there was a C. Um yeah. and you know, there's R. Um, yeah. M might just be short for model. Um, Could, be. Could I, be. I I don't know, but yeah, yeah, a, a letter for a language. Yeah. That's not yeah, built yeah. with with Google and Bing 
and ask Jeeves and Alta yeah. Vista in mind, is it? No, it isn't. It isn't. I mean, there are other products. If you uh, so APS, so because um, yeah. if if you've done lots of data warehousing, you, it was our on-prem MPP. It was called mm-hmm. PDW yeah. Parallel Data Warehouse. It's a nice name. Yeah. But if you search for APS, you start getting weapons come up. Because <laughs> there's an APS 3000 or something that's like a semi-automatic. And you're going, hmm, okay. Yeah. It's, yeah, choosing names is hard. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then there's, you know, you have, you know, Azure Data Factory and you have, you know, Azure Data Studio and, you know, all these, you know, ADS, ADF, ADF, yeah. Well, I mean, you start going, there's Azure Analysis Services, and then you've got Azure Synapse Analytics. Um, You start, yeah. Well, at least, you know, uh, those names are actually, you know, I know they, you know, they are pretty clear what they are. Uh, They're not clear what they are, but they are very clear if you want to search for them or something like that. Uh, But, yeah, it is... uh, it is interesting. So I'm going to ask. I haven't asked you any any daft questions yet. Um, nah, let's. Go for it. All right. Um, I'm I'm bringing I'm bringing it back. I I wanted to get rid of it. Just to, to be completely honest, I was sick of the question, and Michael Robson's got made a rod for my back. But what's your favourite cheese? Oh, my favourite cheese. Um, I like like uh, Italian uh, firm cheeses, um, or even uh, Dutch ones. Um, Belladonna. Mm, okay, and I was gonna should have asked you this earlier. What's your favourite episode from season one? <laughs> of this? Yeah. Uh, I, I, we, I, I do could... we have multiple seasons, or this is season two? Uh, this is, oh, I haven't seen any of the season one. I have to be absolutely honest with that. I've seen. Uh, I've seen uh, Ilko and I've seen Benny. That's what I've seen. Yeah, so you have. I, I, well, that's season one, or is it that? I mean, there were only like thirty episodes in season one. I mean, just um, it's fine. It's I mean, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, it's <laughs> Sorry. Fine. It's. Oh. It, <laughs> I've heard you, Ilko. <laughs> it's it's um it was it's my question to try and uh, make people feel uncomfortable, you know. Oh. Yeah, so most interviewers will try and get their um, interviewees to be comfortable. No, <laughs> no, 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 I want you to feel uncomfortable and feel awkward. Um. <laughs> okay, what? Okay, this is the standard question from season two. So the, the, the cheese question was season one. Everyone got asked that question. Um, and so the question from season two is, what's your favourite album? My favourite album? And there would be um, um, bum 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 bum. Achtung, baby, with you too. Ooh, I haven't heard that in a. It was a. It was just uh, when it came out. I had. I hadn't really listened to you two a lot. So then that came out. It just completely got to me. And I became a massive YouTube fan after that, and then I started listening to the old stuff. So it just got me into that, you know, the YouTube world. So I'm, it's, you know, probably my favorite album for for multiple reasons, really. That's there's some there's some really nice songs on that. Like is it Lemon, mm-hmm. which I really liked. No, that was on the uh, oh. next album. Oh, yeah. all right, okay. What was on Acton Baby? Was that The Fly, or was that or that was that on Lemon? Yeah, that was also, I think, on the next oh. one. Was, you know, <laughs> what was on so that? Yeah, so the uh, there was the uh, mysterious ways that was one of the biggest hits. Yeah, one. Yeah. What? Okay. All right. So, so that wasn't okay because I was going to say that if you get into YouTube, uh, YouTube, uh, YouTube at um, the Acton Baby and kind of the album that. Um, the later albums going back to like um joshua tree mm. might be quite hard but, but I, I didn't find that i found that so so they you know of course acting baby was very mainstream pop you know and it was you know they're you know really huge breakthrough even though they had broken through with the other one um but i, I found it actually really nice and easy to going back to the other ones you know you had to listen to them more often 
Um, so you had to give it a little bit more effort, uh, the older ones. But I still did really like them, and I didn't find it that hard. I was trying. What was acting? But sorry, I was just so one, which obviously one's an amazing song. Mm-hmm. Um, the fly, mysterious ways. Um, let's have a look. Apollo four forty did a remix of one. Okay, <laughs> okay. that's. Someone covered that recently. I think it was Mary, Mary J. Blige. Blige. That's a really good to cover of it. Uh, you know, a few years old. So if you're looking for a cover one, uh, Mary J. Blige does it with you two. Um, very, very nice. So what was it's because they started to do some interesting stuff, more experimental. Yeah, that was the next one. Oh, okay, that's the one I was thinking of. Going from yeah. that back to um, like Joshua Tree, or even. Yeah. Um, What's the one with? Um, because they were like a political band. Yes. Um, war. That's it. You two. War yeah. and um, unforgettable yeah. fire. Um, yeah. And rattle and hum, which is kind of all American, you know, done in America. And so is Joshua Tree. I think I've got. <laughs> I might have Joshua Tree. I've got the fold out. One of the fold out albums. Um, yeah. Okay, that's an interesting choice. It, uh, just just because I haven't looked or even, you know, heard much U2 in the last kind of however long. Just they've gone very quiet. Yeah, so there hasn't been a lot in the, in the lately. But uh, so I think it's a few years since the last you know proper album they did. But they did, then they did a tour for two or three years as well. So it, it does take a while mm-hmm. those tours when you travel the whole world. Yeah. I was just trying to look at. Um, I did. I think I did have a copy of one because I've mm-hmm. got. I think I've got it on vinyl because it has the buffalo on it, or two mm-hmm. bison. That's what it is, or something. I can't remember. Sorry, it's. It's one of those one. Of, so, the music question is one of those ones where you'll, you know, you'll 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 start me off and then I'll go off on a tangent. Um, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. So, so, uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm 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 a, I'm a, I'm pretty stuck in my you know teenage years with music. Uh, on a, I've I found it hard to move on. So I've still got, um, I will still put on Sisters of Mercy, um, and New Model Army, and the bands that and the Levelers and stuff. And I'll listen to the old stuff and maybe not listen to the newer stuff, um, you know, because. You know, I'm still stuck in like 1990, somewhere between 1992 and 1998 for my music, you know, yeah. <laughs> thing. which is why those, those certain YouTube albums I'm familiar with, any other ones I probably haven't <laughs> listened to. All right, let's get you with, let's get you with a Richard Herring emergency question now. All right. Let's make sure it's actually on the screen. So this is Richard Herring. He so he actually had a tour, um, and he had a show called Talking Cock, uh, which was about um, um, uh, celebrating um, kind of just um, uh, you know um, men's health and, and just and be, be, you know, in a joking way but kind of just just kind of you know there are certain issues and stuff that people need to be aware of and, and kind of but it part, partly silly um, and people franchised it and about, there was a version of it in Iceland okay um, I think that well, he, men's health yeah, yeah. Well, it, it would have been it would have been done in Icelandic. Yeah. So yeah. an Icelandic comedian took it and did a version of it, but um, I think it was Iceland. Um, yeah. But they they basically just changed it and did it in a very kind of interesting way. Um, I'll see if I can find it and post it up. Um, yeah. Sorry. So uh, he's put this book of emergency questions, and what they are is they're just a standard set of questions to help you out of a. Uh, a problem if you're in a conversation <laughs> so um there's 1001 in there if you pick a number between one and 1001 we'll see what what richard herring has to say one 
Oh, I don't know if anyone's had one. Um, that's very direct, isn't it? That's like. <laughs> oh, we might have had this, but you can have it. Um, all right. You've got to suspend belief, and and I may I'll, I'll repeat the question, and you, feel free to ask questions. Um, would you prefer to have a hand made out of ham? Or an armpit that dispensed sun cream. <laughs> so this is what, a, a hand made out of ham, or an armpit that dispenses sun cream. Yeah, so your hand is made out of ham. You can nibble on it, but it will grow back. But it doesn't hurt if you eat it. Mm-hmm. But it, it takes a while to grow back. Okay. And the sun cream can be of one factor. You can't change the factor. Um, but there's only enough for you and your family. You can't like just keep squirting out sun cream and then make a business out of it. I think the uh, the sun cream. Okay. Uh, yeah. Any particular reason? Yeah, I just think that you know it'd be inconvenient with a ham hand. You know, I'm not sure how useful it would be. While the other one actually is quite convenient and you know discreet. Yeah, it's. I love the way how seriously you took it. <laughs> that is that is one of the famous Richard Herring questions. Um, uh, there's another one about uh, we won't go into the next one because um, uh, that's that's not family friendly. Um, um, the there is a downside. So people who do like ham, um, there is a downside of the ham hand, which is if you were touching paper, it would be a bit greasy. So most yeah. people do go for the um, sun pit, yeah. the arm cream. Yeah. Um, well, I, it, the other one is convenient if you're stuck in a desert or something, you know. Uh, there are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, which we, which, which it could happen. I mean, could have, who knows? You know. All righty. Oh, oh, I don't know. Um, I like this question. What's the best thing about the virus? The best thing about the virus? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Is there, you know, there are, there are, of course, I wouldn't say there's anything good about the virus, but there might be some positive things that come out of it uh, afterwards. Um, I think the most positive that I've seen so far is the is people's ability to remote work, which has actually been, uh, and companies, mostly that companies are, you know, accepting it and they're all figuring it out. That is probably um, another great thing uh, personally is that, you know, I've been at home a lot, which is uh, which has actually been, you know, quite nice. And especially with a little one just being born. And I'm sure I could hear, is it, is a she? She, yeah. yeah. I'm so sure I, I thought I could hear her in the background a little while ago. You did. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so being at home more, especially you know, when your wife is eight, nine months pregnant, that's very convenient, you know. Yeah, it was very convenient. It's been, it's been pretty good, yeah. So um, we didn't cover this, so feel free to tell me to move on if you don't mm-hmm. want to answer this. But um, we, I mean, only because we had our second child at home and we planned for our first at home, but it didn't work. Um, is home birth and stuff uh, popular in Iceland? Or... Yeah, it is. Sort of, yeah, it's quite popular. We didn't do it, you know. We had to, we 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 this this one was born at a um, so a, a clinic, small uh, private clinic, and um, which we which was extremely nice, you know. It was really healthy and everything was going well, so we could you know give birth there, and there was like the same two midwives with us through the whole thing, and you know, not you know institution thing. And, so it's really nice. But home birth, they actually specialize in home birth, those people. So that's why I know uh, that it is actually a thing and quite a few people do it. Yeah. Our main reason for not doing it was we don't have to clean up afterwards. Well, the the midwives did the cleaning up afterwards, actually. <laughs> <laughs> although, although there was a bonus because we have wooden floors. So it was just a matter of just wiping up the mess and stuff. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> We did have, we did have for the first, we did have a pool, um, and we tested it out, and you know, because you got to test it, you can't just 
because you don't know how long it'll take to fill a essentially like a small swimming pool in your living yeah. room um, um and then we didn't end up using it because it was just kind of like it didn't work out with the first one and we just mm. didn't bother for the second um my wife used pools in in every all three she loved it yeah, I, I, the the first one it didn't quite work out, so it had to be kind of a hospital delivery. Um, but yeah. I think we sort of ran out of time, and it was just kind of, and she just went no, oh, I'm not, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was quite quick, so there wouldn't have been enough time to to, to even no. spend yeah. however long filling it up. Yeah, we spent a whole day on on the newest one, so there was enough time. <laughs> so filling it up is easy. The logistics, emptying it was a nightmare. <laughs> you don't think about that. I, I remember reading the instructions and thinking, oh, wait a minute, it's going to be really heavy, isn't it? Oh, all right. You, you've got to... pump the water out, right? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah we, yes. Um and I can't remember even how we did it. I think there was a, we managed to move it over to the back to, to a patio doors and then open it up and then it could, but. <laughs> right in the garden. Yeah, yeah. And I think our daughters ended up playing in it uh, a few, you know, like literally a couple of years ago. That's how long we had it. So they, they pumped it up and were sitting in it. And I mean, we did use it. We used it as a ball pit. <laughs> but. <laughs> I, I, it must be a good pool from kids, you know. Yeah, I, I think eventually it got because it just gets old, and mm. you know, um, I think it went in the loft and didn't come out very well. Um, oh. Um, oh, okay. I don't think I've asked anyone this question yet. If you were stuck on a desert island, what one item would you bring with you? A luxury item. Like you can know, see a boat or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yes, you could say a boat, but you wouldn't get any oars or a sail. So, uh, um, okay, so not an electric boat field to do there at all. One item I would bring with me. Um, uh, don't worry uh, if it's electric. One of these, one of these um, things you can use to you know make drinking water out of seawater. Oh, okay. So you know, filtering yeah. stuff thing, you know. But you've gone really practical rather than like a, a like, I don't know, like a, a Kindle or something with lots of books on or your MP3 player or something. Yeah, so yeah. I'd rather be bored and survive uh, than uh, <laughs> entertained and die. But maybe I'm just too, maybe I'm just too practical person. You know? I think, you know, like, how, how can I make this work? You know? um, this, you know, this is maybe my IT inner IT person, you know, we, we are currently practical often uh, rather than creative. I don't know. I, I think that it's, um, I think it's, it says more about you than maybe than the career you work in. Cause you're thinking, right, how do I survive? Maybe that's just years of working on boats and being in difficult situations <laughs> that kind of, that's your first, I mean, it seems daft that the first person I ask that question is someone who spends a lot, of, who has spent a lot of time on a boat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. And what? So I'm going to ask you two more questions. One yeah. is: so if you haven't seen the the the, the, the show before, I ask the uh, the person I'm talking to to nominate someone else for me to talk to. So I think you were nominated by somebody. Um, I can't remember who. I don't. I could record that. I, I can I record that. Um, so, who do you think would be would enjoy a chat? Uh, might be fun to talk to. Doesn't have to be IT related or compute. Doesn't have to be SQL or data related. Um, we'll have to figure out who. who yeah, we can we can do that. You can do that afterwards. Um, and as a question right now, because you could send me that afterwards. Um, what's the best thing now? All right. I understand you're leaving the country and going to another yeah. country, but what's the best thing about Iceland? I think the best thing about Iceland is um, is the nature, really. I, I really do enjoy it, even though I live here. Uh, I really enjoy just you know going out to the to the nature and seeing you know, the varied landscapes. And you know, we do day trips where I regularly to see something, you know, and uh, yeah. Go on, walk on mountains and stuff like that. 
All right. So can I be cheeky and ask an extra question? Can yeah. you pronounce the name of that volcano that erupted a few years ago? Yeah, it's that one. Yeah. <laughs> we have a... Yeah, we do. Uh, we do. We have you know a little bit harder names, and they're pretty you know they're pretty long as well. So does that actually mean something like um, yeah. volcano that does something or mountain that does? Well, the 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 last part, Jökull, that's a glacier. So okay. it's actually the the mountain is covered by a glacier, um, and the second part, so Fjalla, that's a mountain. And the first part is uh, is actually an uh, island. It means an island. So it means like an okay. island mountain glacier. Okay, right. That's I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> but it's not it's not like the the word is is just you know in, in, when we see it, say it you know we don't think about it as uh, as meaning something. It's just a name thing. Yeah, but um, it's just sometimes yeah we all have that in our language. It's just kind of nice to add that because it's so long you kind of think each bit might mean something else um yeah. uh, we we kind you, you do that in english where we you know you add you know you have single words and you'll add it together or but we we don't nest only when we do we do that with special words um but give me a second i'm just gonna let the cat out ah oh, have we trapped the cat oh was that the cat making a was meowing that's all right so um well thank you for your time i'm gonna kind of let you get back to your kind of um your wife your your children your tiny little baby um and w when you think of someone fun to nominate just just ping me a message and and let them know do a bit of an introduction um to save me time and effort because i'm a lazy human being right <laughs> so <laughs> um Thank you, and we're just going to Thank do. You very much for we're going to do a showbiz goodbye and say, Ooh. well, we say goodbye to everyone who's streaming, who's watching, mm -hmm. um, and then and then we then talk for two minutes afterwards and then say goodbye. I'm kind of breaking that showbiz magic because if you watch one, there was one particular bit in season one where I said bye, and then they just dropped off the call, <laughs> <laughs> and I was still streaming live to everybody. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> because we didn't do any prep, we didn't prep beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. All right, cool. All right, thanks everyone for watching. All right, see you later.